Hello? Hello, Betty. This is Nate. How are you and everybody doing? Hey, wait. Cousin Nate, how in the heck are you? We doing fine. What's going on with you? I'm calling to tell you that I'm out of processing for my retirement from the Army. And I'm coming to town on business for two weeks. Oh, you done with that Army, huh? Congratulations. It'll be good to see you. You're planning on coming to stay with us for a while while you're in town? I'd like to show all my friends my fine cousin who just finished serving our country. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Woo, let me tell you, I'm glad to be retired from that white man's army. It was hell dealing with all the racism going on there all these years. Oh, Lord. Here we go with this racism again. Boy, is you suffering from PTSD? You need some psychological treatment or something? Ain't nothing racist around here but you. Listen, I can't wait to see you, but don't be coming up in here talking all that black power bullshit again and getting on my nerves. You can keep that mess to yourself, okay? Okay, okay. I was just calling to let you know I'm coming. Would you come pick me up from the airport tomorrow at three? All right, all right, all right. But you better get out there quick and don't be having me waiting around there for you. Cause you know, I'll leave your ass in a hot minute and you can take one of them dollar vans, them niggas down there are running, okay? Probably rob you before you get halfway home. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I'll be there. You don't be late either. See you tomorrow. Hi, Mom, I'm home. Hi, Nana. And told you don't be slamming that damn door. I didn't slam it. Uh, did you pick up my lottery tickets like I asked you? No, but Mama, listen, guess what? I was walking past the Black Student Union Center today and I saw a flyer with Uncle Nate's picture on it. He's coming to give a speech there next week. You didn't tell me Uncle Nate was coming to town. I only found out myself a few seconds ago. Girl, did you do what I asked you? No, but wait, listen. So anyway, I went in to ask them about Uncle Nate, but they were showing a documentary on something called Brown versus the Board of Education. So I stayed a while to watch it. It was so interesting. Mama, did you ever hear that case? What the hell is that? You know you were supposed to be picking up my damn tickets. <sighs> Mom, forget the tickets. You got to hear this. So there was this law back in the day called Plessy versus Ferguson that made it illegal for black children to be educated with white children. Can you believe that? So then later on, some black people stood up against that law in another battle called Brown versus the Board of Education to overturn it. I don't give a damn about that. Hi, mama. Why in the hell should I care about that? I need my tickets. Mom, I think I wanna be a lawyer. Let me tell you something, child. You better take your Johnny Crackling ass out there and get my damn tickets. Mama, putting up a fight in defense of educating black children was a very brave thing to do. In fact, in view of the fact that black people were being lynched at that time. <laughs> Girl, you gonna get your, <laughs> Ooh, okay. You gonna get lynched. 
if you don't get the hell out there and get them tickets. And what the hell is wrong with you going outside with that nappy hair standing all over your head? You look like a you banging pickaninny. <laughs> What's the matter with the way I look, huh? Look at you. Mama, was Nana involved in the Brown versus Board of Education battle? That was during her time, wasn't it? I remember Aunt Maddie saying something like that. You know what, child? <laughs> Why don't you try on one of these these nice wigs? Here, here go, here go one right here for you. And you know, and you know, you really shouldn't be wearing all them different clothes, cause somebody who's anybody ain't gonna be taking your ass serious in them threads. So if you want people to value you, you need to you need to look valuable, okay? Uh, it's not what's in my threads, mother. It's what's in my head. And what I have to offer in terms of assistance to our people. That's what I should be doing. You know what? You better get out of this house and do what I told you. All my damn money paying for rent in your school. And you working at them part-time, you working part-time in them damn shoe store. You need to find a job where you'll be worth something to white people. And not all these niggas out there. You have to want what they have. And the only way that is possible is uh, is doing what they do. This black union crap needs to become a thing of the past. Join the Rotary Club and make a difference with the good Christians. <laughs> or better yet, <laughs> you need to come down to the bar and find you one of them nice white men to settle down with and have some pretty little light-skinned children with good hair without those damn kinks in it. <laughs> like your two precious sons? David and Danny are the striking resemblance of our white father. I wonder many times, is he really my father? I don't look anything like them. If I did, maybe you would have loved me too. Sad thing is that man never loved you, me, or them. He was a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, get it and get from you. Your father loved me, but he didn't want to have to take care of you with your trifling, nappy-headed ass. It's embarrassing, nasty-looking kinks in your hair, and you've been staying in the sun way too damn long. You know what? Getting black as an ace of spade, girl, you need an umbrella when you go out in that sun so you can stop looking like a hot mess. Help me, mama, before I go upside her head. Go get my damn tickets, or we gonna have to go and live around them trifling Negroes you love so much. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna go live around them by your damn self. I don't do Negroes, especially the trifling ones. Wait, you know what? No, I'm gonna go and get it my damn self. Cause if I stay here, somebody gonna get hurt and you don't even get a dang thing right away anyway with your trifling ass. I told you don't be slamming that damn door. Shit, she make me sick. Like working in that hillbilly bar makes her better than somebody. She can't afford to pay for shit either thinking she gonna win the damn lottery. How stupid is that? I'm so tired of her hating on me so much. Sometimes she make me wish I was never born. Why does she love me? I'm my only daughter always calling me ugly and I look just like her. <sighs> Why Nana? Why does she hate me so much? Why, what did I do? She hates my hair, she hates my color, she hates my face, my body, my heart, she hates my mind. Your mother doesn't hate you. Your mother hates herself. Oh, uh, she hates herself, Nana? Why, why does she hate herself? She hates her, oh, wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, My bad. Go ahead. Where am I at? Oh, I'm at the. Okay, there it is. Your mother was educated by people who hated her. They didn't want her in the schools, nor did they have any intentions to properly educate her. So that's what they did. Was miss. So what they did was miseducate her about herself, about her people, her abilities, her hair, her skin, her body, her intelligence, and everything about herself. What you see in her is a product of that miseducation. But if you knew that those people hated her, why would you put your child in that school? <laughs> well, baby, we believe that integration was the solution to the problem. At one time, we developed independent towns and cities and places like Tusla and Rosewood with our own schools and businesses, but we came under great attack. So eventually, we thought that integration, integrating would eliminate the division, give us access to the same opportunities and a chance to prove our humanity to them. But what ended up happening was that instead of us demonstrating our humanity to them, we ended up allowing them to instill their beliefs in our humanity, in our humanity into us. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean prove our humanity? Why would we have to prove our humanity? Anybody could look at us and see we're human. Well, actually we were considered three fifths of a human being. That was actually in the law books. And Negroes have always been treated as such, even to this day. Oh, why was I never told about these things? Why didn't mama tell me? Why was all of this kept from me? I've been acknowledging your presence all my life, but I really never even knew anything about you. Well, Diane, there was so much pain involved and no one ever wanted to talk about it or bring it up. So the saying ignorance is bliss is how we live. The fear of discussing those issues was so tremendous that many people wouldn't dare. The repercussions were just too severe. Can you tell me about our family history now, Nana? Yes, child, it's time. Let's see. It was May 17, 1954. I was still very, still very young child. The day the law was passed, Brown versus Board of Education. I didn't understand what exactly that meant at the time, but I remembered the joy of all the people around me. And Big Mama, thanking Jesus so much that she fell on her knees. Buck Daddy and Pup Boy had to help her up. But 20 something years later, I was involved in much of the same battle. By the time my own baby, your mother, was six years old, she was still one of the first Negro children to be integrated into Fairview Elementary School. There was only four other Negro children in the entire school. I was very active in the movement to get our children in that school. I was not going to take no for an answer. When the battle was won, I reveled in the victory, but some white people in the town was very angry. My beloved, Sugar Plum. Oh. Sugar Plum, I reckon you're fitting to rile those old white boys up around here, going up again the way they could. Very dangerous for us and for our family. Don't worry, honey. We got the law on our side. 
Listen, colored man ain't no right, have no right that the white man is duty bound to respect. Whatever laws they got out there, they don't apply to us. Oh, stop worrying. They ain't going to do nothing. Mad at me? I tell you, I've been around these crackers all my life. And I don't see, I don't see them do some awful things to some people for little or nothing. Whenever they wanted to barbecue colored folk, they would announce a picnic, which was short for pick a nigga. When you heard white boys talking about the picnic, for sure the next day we would see the strange fruit. Well. That might have happened 20 years ago, but they could never get away with it that today. They could never get away with that today. I'm telling you, Addy, them crackers gonna get even. No, they gonna go up on you. That was the last conversation I had with Willie D on the subject. You heard about that nigger wrench carrying her black ass down to that their courthouse and trying to force this town into allowing them little black coons in our white schools? You talking about that high yellow negro witch belong to that uppity buck Willie D? Them niggers need to be taught a lesson. If the court won't put a stop to that uppity black bitch, then we'll need to do it ourselves. Damn right. My papa always said, you let one of them niggas get away with disrespecting white laws in our town. And all them niggers will think that they can run things around here. Yeah, we got to put a stop to it and we got to do it now. Time to gather the boy, get the rope. Looking back at his actions after that conversation, I see now that he was getting ready to die. The morning, the first day, the morning on the first day of school, Willie D was found hanging from a tree. So you see, that victory led to my beloved husband being lynched. Oh my God, that must have been devastating. My mother was just a baby when her daddy was killed and to see him that way. I never heard her speak of this. Did they ever find who did it? Of course not, because there was another law in place and has been since the Dred Scott law that basically started stated that a black man has no rights, that a white man is obligated to respect because black men are not legal citizens. Child, your mother never knew what happened to her father. We never spoke of it or told her what happened to him. But the memory of seeing my beloved body as it was being removed from the tree, I never recovered from that. Even after I took her out of town and we moved up north to live with my twin sister and her family, sadness still overwhelmed me. And before long, I made my transition but I could not rest in peace. But why couldn't you rest in peace? I would think now you were able to be free of the oppression and be at peace with grandpa. 
down because my child was left alone to be educated by people who hated her. Wait, but you moved north. Wasn't things a lot better in the north? No, it was worse because it was subtle and hidden. Something she couldn't fight. As a child, she couldn't recognize it and the adults didn't see it. When she registered in Newtown Elementary, the entire staff had a preconceived notion that black children <laughs> were incapable of living up to the standards of the white schools, of the schools, I'm sorry, standards of the schools and their beliefs were so strong that they set on proving it. Her very first aptitude test revealed that she was beyond the normal expectations for the first grade. And even though <laughs> she was only six years old, she was accused of cheating. What? What six-year-old know how to cheat? Did she even know what cheating was? I'm gonna be that damn, damn, damn girl. I got, I'm a hot as fish grease right now. This shit is getting old all my life. I've been accused of cheating, even when it was impossible. When does it ever end? Girl, give, give me that damn money. You, for, you forget, mm. you forget ass black ass child forgetful black ass child. Okay. Nana, I'm speechless. I just witnessed this for myself. I can't believe she's still experiencing this. <laughs> she was constantly being accused of cheating and being punished for it. They was programming her not to do her best. She's gonna be petty Oh, come on in, don't be shy. I'm Miss Pettibone, and this is Miss Emma. You must be Maddie Johnson. Yes, I'm Maddie Johnson. I'm Mrs. Johnson. It's nice to meet you, Mrs. Pettibone. May I ask what this is about? Hello, Maddie, we called you in to speak about Bessa. Are you her mother or guardian? I'm both. As her mother, my sister recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Was it a drug overdose? No, there, there was other matters such as lynching of our husband. I'm so sorry to hear that. We think Bessa might, might have copied her answers from another student. What? what? What do you mean? We gave an aptitude test in which Betty did better than all the other regular kids. She got 100%. And we think and we feel that she might have cheated. I don't understand. Where, where would she get the answers beside the books? We feel that based on the last, that based on the test, there's no way she could surpass the top gifted kids in our class. She must have copied from one of them or cheated from one of them. Oh, thank you for telling me, but what should I do? Just give her a spanking. That's the only message a child like that will understand. Make sure she knows it is not good to cheat. Her second grade teacher would give all the children in the class animal crackers for good behavior. And while smiling at her, she would be giving her a doggy biscuit. She didn't understand why. The children were all laughing and barked at her doing research. She didn't understand why they did that. Danny. Here, boy. 
Go fetch. Fetch it. Fetch it. Fetch the ball. Fetch the ball. Fetch the ball. Fetch the ball. Come here. Let me brush that woolly hair, Fido. You must have tits. Cause your skin looks strange. All you niggers look like dogs and monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's nasty. In the third grade, she loved her teacher, Miss Dwight. That teacher was a tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, beautiful lady who would treat her like a pet. She would pat her on the head and always be nice to her. Betty really believed that teacher loved her too. And she wanted to be just like her. Betty would come home from school and put on a white towel on her head, pretending it was her hair. Sometimes she would scrub her skin with bleach, hoping that she could be white just like her teacher. However, huh, Mr. White had a daughter the same age as Betty. And when all the children in the school was given aptitude tests, Betty scored higher than her child. Mm. <sighs> From that point on, Mr. White saw Betty as a threat. She didn't expect that child. She didn't expect that the child she saw as a little more than the class pet actually had intelligence, even more than her own child. She began manipulating her grades and lowering her challenges, finding fault with all of her assignments and homework, therefore, lowering her grades, all while maintaining her false loving attitude toward her. Okay, well, I didn't get that in there yet, that part. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. uh, wasn't there anybody around that knew that, wasn't there anybody around that knew what was going on? <laughs> Nobody cared. And my sister Maddie, bless her, she loved Betty but she was too busy with her own life to pay attention. I could not move on and I watched every day the hatred that surrounded her. She was one out of five children that was abused, that was bruised, I'm sorry, bust. into that, that was bust mm -hmm. into that school from our community. She was ridiculed, tormented, teased and tortured every day by white children. They repeated the things they heard their parents saying about Black people. There was no letting up of the constant reminder of how Black, ugly, and worthless she was. My stone bird, too. Yeah. Your stone bird? Yeah, because Ann's not here. Um, Betty, what would you like to be when you become a woman in the world? I want to be a lawyer, Miss Stonebird. That would be very difficult. Remember, your family needs a lot of money for that. I think you would be a great chambermaid. Um, is that similar to a lawyer? Well, not quite. But you get to work in one of those big hotels downtown. You like to help people. You're always so helpful in class. You erase the board so nice and you always make sure there's no gum on my chair. How will I see? I will, I see if your mama, I will see if your mama will let you spend the weekend with my family. I have tomatoes. Would you like to help pick them? Betty, I like you as you don't act like those other black girls. 
the black girls in the school had already been programmed for their own self-hatred. They picked on her and bullied her even harder in the sight of white people, wanting to fit in and be accepted by white children. The first time she had a black teacher, Miss Knowles, would challenge her, expecting a lot from her, but she believed that the teacher was picking on her and hated her because of how she felt about herself. Miss Knowles, like most black teachers, believed in challenging and expecting a lot from our children. Knowing that being equal to white children wasn't enough to make it in this society. They had to be better. But all Betty saw was them making it hard for her. And she hated black people even more. Your test, I don't know why that line is there. It shouldn't be there. Your test scores are impressive, but I feel that you should have um, scored much higher. My baby soon began in her confusion to love everything white and despise. No, we, we're supposed to read that whole section that got oh, the wait, lines wait. through it. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. sorry. I don't know why that happened when I put it in. So I'll start over there. Um, okay. Your test scores are impressive, but I feel that you could have scored much higher. What was my score? If you said it was impressive. You scored 87, which is actually the highest in the class. If I scored the highest, how much higher should I be if I'm the highest? In order to succeed in this world, you have to be far. In order to succeed in this world, you have to be far ahead of white people. You must work hard and never pass by a small margin. White folks never have to work hard at anything. We must always push beyond our limitations just to have some simple recognition. I guess that is why I want to be white. I will meet a handsome white man and he and I will live the American dream. Miss Knowles, what do you think you want to be? Oh no, I was supposed to say that. What do you think oh, you want to I'm be? Sorry. Uh, who knows, perhaps a math teacher? You can be anything you want as long as you have the potential. Just remember, you must work hard at everything. I don't know why that all came scratched out like that. But anyway, let's just go on ahead. Okay. My baby soon began in her confusion to love everything white and despise everything black. She was taught that white cake was angel food and dark cake was devil food. She wouldn't touch it. Over the years, that's how her worldview got shaped. And then one day in her desperation to rid herself of her blackness, she gave herself to a white man, hoping he would love and marry her. But he never did. She was keeping hope alive that they would be together. But he saw her as nothing more than a body he could have access to whenever he wanted. Eventually, she had Danny and David. Then later, you. She kept putting expectations on him that he never intended to fulfill. <laughs> so he wanted to excuse, he wanted an excuse to get her, wait a minute. So he wanted an excuse to get her and you, his kids, out of his life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Nana, I always felt there was something real wrong with the way my mother always spoke about black people. 
there was something wrong with her attitude and her behavior. It's something in my soul that was, I don't know, not sitting right. I felt like I'm straddling the fence between loving and hating our own people. You child was born at a time when technology was afforded. You has afforded you great opportunity to discover who you are, where you come from, and what is the history of our people? Not just from the time of slavery in America, but from the beginning of time. And that is why I'm here. You, myself, blood of my blood, must correct my mistakes. I live on through you and the future generations. We must respect other people's desires to be free and to make the decision for their lives and society just as we also should be free to make the decisions for ourselves, for our lives of our children and for our society. We must educate our own children just as others educate their own children. When we educate our own and manifest the qualities and the work of doing for ourselves, instead of begging to be allowed into their system, we will show self-respect and will be respected by others. Never go where you was not wanted. A wise man once said, people who don't treat you right won't teach you right. Because we forced ourselves into a position to be programmed and miseducated to see no value of our own worth, everything has been provided for us by white people. They have been the gatekeepers of everything because the side effects of civil rights movement taught us that we could not do anything for ourselves. We ended up believing that we needed to be included in whatever provided, whatever they provided for themselves because we were taught we had no ability to or competence to create things on our own. And so we became beggars. When we were allowed to eat in white restaurants and sleep in white hotels, all was closed down. We continued to beg for jobs, food, clothing, shelter, and acceptance. As long as white people have to provide for us, we can never be respected, not by ourselves or any other nation of people. Until we respect and do for ourselves, we will always be begging to be included in their at their table. We will have nothing of value to give our children until we become free. Our children must learn to love and respect themselves again. This can only happen through proper education, which teaches love and respect for themselves. We are not in our natural state of mind. We must return to our natural state of mind and wash away the 400 years of self-hatred proclaiming, pro, of programming. I am counting on you. You are our future and our hope. Oh, sorry. Mama. I'm gonna open schools. I'm gonna become a teacher. A teacher? Girl, five minutes ago, you wanted to be a lawyer. Let me show you one of these cute wigs. No, mama, I definitely have to become a teacher. Let me tell you. Okay. 